I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We have a breaking story at the Bay Bridge. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows where he's from. But everybody knows where he's headed. What's happening? Walt Disney Pictures presents... There's five apes out there. Which one are we taking to Vegas? The incredible true story... Checkmate. The one who's playing chess. Of ape. Ow! <laughs> Tukey! Go find George. Tukey Tukey. Another mimosa, Mr. Tukey Tukey? Tukey Tukey! The lovely Ursula. You've been head over heels for that ape ever since you brought him here. You're right. I love him. And George. Tukey Tukey! Ape kidnapped? Tookie, tookie. Ape now. Duh. This summer. That's your dog? <laughs> the king of the jungle <laughs> is falling in love. <laughs> George, George, George of the jungle, strong as he can be. <laughs> Watch out for the dream. Watch out for the I give you the king of the jungle. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait a second. Lose the dog bone. Yeah, good, good. That's much better. I'm Sebastian. Madam, I knew Jane Goodall. You are no Jane Goodall. I'm Andy. And welcome to our review of George of the Jungle. That's right. We're back. And we're not <laughs> dead. We're all here. Look at us go. George <laughs> of the Jungle. Come on. If you're going to go Brendan Fraser, go a good one like Airheads. Early Brendan Fraser, Airheads. Great film. We've got. And Ceno Man, even. Okay, finally enough, none of those two are the ones that are on the list, but we're doing five specific Brendan Fraser films in Please a row. Please tell me there's only one mummy film on there. There's actually no mummy films on there. Or, or, okay, well, that's the next best answer. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so we're doing five in a row, and then later on, when Space Jam 2 comes out, building up to that, because we've already done Space Jam 1, we're going to do Looney Tunes oh, back no. in action. So by default, we actually get six Brendan Fraser films this year, but it's not like five in a row and then a break. Seb, I hate you so much. So this is good though. So we'll start with George of the Jungle. We got Blast from the Past next good week. Good film. 
I've got to double check the order, but then we've got Bedazzled, I think. Excellent film. Um, after Bedazzled, I know the very final one is Monkey Bone. I, think I Dudley, hate you again, Seb. I think Dudley Do-Right might be in there too, which I've never seen, so I don't know. Really? Really that it's in there or really that I've never seen it? Uh, I guess it's not surprising that you haven't seen it. I had never seen this film, mind you. Like George How did Jungle. you miss this one? This is like his big breakout thing. This is what yeah. made him famous. Um, this is what got him the mummy. Well, there you go. But I didn't, yeah, I just never saw it. I remember kids quoting this in primary school. And we okay. were like, haha, yeah, I saw that ad. I just <laughs> never saw it until now. And I mean, I guess- Spe- we'll- Speaking of the trailer, I didn't realize that it was, is, it, is, it, is that the original trailer? Yep. I didn't realize that it was pitched as this sort of, uh, you know, action film <laughs> yeah. right from the start. And then it just flips into this silly kids film. I thought like all Disney films, it would have just been silly from the start. Like in the trailer itself, you mean? Because yeah. the film is definitely silly from the start. Oh, no, but but the trailer just starts off like it's something serious. Yeah, but it's even got the trailer voice guy. Reporting from the, the, the Bay Bridge. You know that one big scene in the film? Yeah. That's the trailer. <laughs> that yeah. one scene that's kind of different to every other scene? Yeah. Yeah, that's the trailer. <laughs> it's weird. And there's no Brendan Fraser in the trailer, apart from him you know, doing his... That noise, yeah. Whatever, things like that. Which isn't a surprise because he wasn't a big star at the time. That's this, true, actually. Th- yeah. th- this film is what made it. Um, I wanted to do the mummy. Started films. it. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. wanted to do the mummy films. My problem was um, there's four of them, three of them, and two of them I like. And then the last one has like Lee in them. Mummy two is fine. No, it's, it's not. not good. No, it's fine. No, but Imhotep coming back is fine. I can no. deal with that. No. There's some running jokes. <laughs> no. All good. I can deal with the mummy term. The mummy returns. No. It's when you get to like mummy three, terracotta warriors. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, just if you're gonna do a third one, close it off with the, the with the original mummy because you're doing a trilogy. You don't have a trilogy where there's the same bad guy for two and then a third <laughs> different bad guy. It's not like they weren't doing Empire here. <laughs> they didn't have to go until the Return of the Jedi. I'm like, oh, it wasn't Darth Vader, it was the Emperor. They, unless Jet Li was stalking them in every freaking scene in the first two Mummy films, he has no right being the big bad of the third one. Sure. So that's, that's for me, it was just like, what a weird trilogy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Egypt, Egypt, ancient China. Unless you've got a continuation of the story or an interesting idea, uh, just rehashing what you've, what you've done before, in a, in a new packaging is a bad way to do a sequel because it yep. leaves a lot of people disappointed. I certainly was. I liked the two from memory. Uh, two was just a bit more grander. I don't know. Two was I'm just, not going to say it was a good film. I just remember having fond memories of it. Two was just a lot of the same stuff all over again. And oh, okay, now but it looks better. Now the now the immortal god is is not you know some ancient Egyptian priest, but some guy who made a deal with the devil. You know, in in an oasis, in a desert oasis. But that was the, sc- the Scorpion King, right? Yeah, whatever. But Imhotep was still like the main bad guy driving the plot. Whereas in the third one, it's just like now we're in a different country, which is fine. I'm not saying I don't want to see that story. I'm just saying making that the Mummy Three. That's the part that <laughs> irks me. It's like, oh, if it was like the, the Mummy Lost in China, like yeah, sure. It was almost like a self entitled spin off. But no, I get why they do it because it's safe money. But it just it just seems to me like. Was it? <laughs> if you're if you're in the business of of doing art, the one thing you don't want to do is be safe, because safe is boring, and safe makes you money at the at the cost of your reputation. Okay, so I got some bad news. Yeah, I just realized. So, firstly, we have cocked up a little bit, and by we, I mean it's my fault. <laughs> um, we should have actually been doing Dudley Do Right next week, not Blast in the Past. They both came out in 1999, but for some reason, Dudley Do Right's pitch is coming out first. 
So... 99 or 96? 99. This is 97. No. Dudley Do-Right. This is 97. Oh, Blast from Past is 99. Yeah. And, and so is Dudley Do-Right. And Bedazzled's 2000 and Monkey Bone's 2001. So those two are in the right order. Um, it's just, I think, Dudley Do-Right should have technically been next. The Mummy's 99 as well, isn't it? Um, I just saw it. 99? Yeah, he had a busy he, year. Yeah, he worked a lot. Blast from oh, the Past, was, Dudley Do-Right and The Mummy. It was probably 97, 98. Those things were in production anyway. Which is when he was doing George, well, George of the Jungle would have come out. I guess mean film 97, yeah. depending on it. Although, hour and a half film. I guess... Ah, oh, who knows? Sometimes these things take you know a year yeah. to, to to put together from start to finish. But then there's a the Mummy Returns, and that was 2001, so same year as Monkey Bones. You could say an all-time winning year for Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I mean, I would say that because I love the Mummy Returns, I guess. But um, when did when did the next one come out? When did the other Mummy film? I sort of know when it when he stopped doing films for a while. I can't remember what his last one was before the big break. Because he was on Scrubs for a, you know, a couple of episodes. He, he, it was only a couple of episodes, but very memorable mm. performance. Great episodes. Um, I can't see when that Mummy film... I can see when the Mummy Rides came out associated with that film, but not the actual film. Is it a film or a game? Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Is that the name of the movie, though? Or is oh, jeez. Uh, that is the movie. And... Oh, thank God it that's is That's the Jet Li one. That's got to be the Jet Li one. Yep. And it has a smashing rating of a 5.2 out of 10, which is actually a mm. lot higher than I would have thought it would be, to be fair. So that's that's not terrible, I guess. I thought it would be like the threes. Well, actually, that's a good comparison. How do people conceive? I know, but we're going to get to this film in a bit. Anyway, <laughs> I'm curious how the um, how the Mummy films kind of tracked in ratings going. So the first Mummy got a 7 out of 10, next 6.4, and then uh, 5.2. So they do, it's just a, tr- a traditional trilogy scale, <laughs> just sliding, sliding all the way down. Yeah. But a seven out of ten for the original one feels mean. I wouldn't say it's like a smash hit perfect film, but I could for what it was and it's when it came out. It's better than a seven. Yeah, like a seven and a half, maybe an eight. I could deal with if, yeah. if I saw an eight, I wouldn't be offended. But I guess then you're pushing like top two fifty films of all time <laughs> with how IMDb scale. But maybe you take offense at you know how you know immortality is portrayed. Yeah, I'm offended that I don't. I'm not immortal. Or, may, or maybe you take offense at you know uh, people using scarabs as as tools. Rather than letting them roam free as weird weapons, you know, yeah, encasing them in a, in a tomb and with only human flesh to sustain them. It's that's, got that's pretty the, um, it's got the actor <laughs> from Juice Bigelow in it though. Um, Oded Fair, yes, who plays the uh, who plays the guy, and then in number two, somehow miraculously, without ever noticing it or bringing it up in the first one, Brendan Fraser reveals that he has a tattoo. That uh, the the leader of that brotherhood identifies him as a as a fellow, you know, protector of the of the tomb or whatever. Yeah, what is he? That only comes out in the sequel, though. It's never never brought up in the first film. It was busy. Yeah. It was mummies. It was mummies <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> they had downtime. They had a lot of downtime when they were in the hotel before the plague started. Not to sidetrack, and I'm sure you haven't watched it, but it says that he was in several episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Did you catch his character? Is that maybe the latest season? Discovery? I have not watched a single episode of Discovery. Because I watched the first two seasons and I can't remember him at all, but I don't know what season he's in, to be fair. No, I wanted to, I meant to, and the reviews just kept on getting worse and worse, and then I avoided people's pleas of, uh, uh, no, it, it's all right, it gets better or whatever. I just ignored all that. 
I didn't mind it. Didn't go through. Nah. It's different to normal Star Trek, but if you watch it like it's not Star Trek, it was a good show. Well, if you watch it like no, it's Star Trek, the, no, there's a problem. Then, <laughs> then why are you watching it if it's if it's called Star Trek, but you have to pretend, not, it's, not, <laughs> pretend it's not Star Trek, then call it something else and make your own show around that. It was very gripping, like dramatically speaking. Like It was really interesting, but it was just like, this isn't as sterile as I like my Star Trek. Right. But that's not, not not a problem. It's just if you watch it like it's its own unique sort of thing, it's, it's still really well made. But if you watch it like it's something that you used to love, you won't love it anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, did you watch the TV show, George of the Jungle? Did you watch the no, animated series? Did you? No. Oh, good. Okay. No. I, I, I knew of it, but I, I never watched it. There were lots of cartoons that I didn't didn't ever was never exposed to i'm assuming there was probably a game as well about this i think i should have looked up earlier sure there could have been but, but from, from what i understand the film was fairly faithful to the spirit of the of the animated i don't think it took any specific um episodes or things just a lot of you know memes and tropes from from the from the show. Here's a head scratcher. The movie came out in 97. Yeah. There was a game made for on the Nintendo Wii that was released in 2008. Sure. 11 years after it. Sure. Was the demand for George of the Jungle that high? I like this film. No, I'll, I'll preview that. I do, but that's a weird jump. No, 2008. Nostalgia was... It's a cartoon. Yeah. It was a cartoon game, not a... Like I'm a, sure if you looked up a lot of the other releases, they also would have been nostalgia-based releases for the Wii. But Around why? the same time. Because it's, you know, cash in on somebody else's work. Why not? Uh, anyway, gross. Um, <laughs> speaking of gross, how did this film gross? The, the, ah, that's very good. And it was very good. Popular film. Budget of 55 million. Uh, worldwide gross, it took 174. Oh, shit. Okay. So it did really well. So probably made its money back and then some for Disney. Yeah, because they, they needed the help. Right, they needed that hand to, to make their money back because <laughs> they were struggling and they still are struggling. They were struggling. I mean, they were three years after The Lion King, so oh, that Lion King money is starting to run out after three years. That, that film absolutely <laughs> made so much money, didn't it? Like ridiculous <laughs> amounts. Uh, kind of surprisingly, for its financial success, kind of middle of the road, 5.5 on IMDb, uh, 50% critical on Rotten Tomatoes and 41% audience. 41% audience. Okay, really interesting. I didn't. Okay, once again, it's a kids. It's a kids film. You absolutely. have to acknowledge that it's a kids film. You can't oh, go yeah. into it like Aladdin or Shrek. Going into it as an adult, there's not much for you to enjoy. You know, even even you know, pretty girls. There's not many pretty girls being pretty in it. It's Brendan Fraser showing off his. It's Brendan Fraser being pretty. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty and he, much. And, it. He, and he is. He's really good. He is. Friend. He's a very good looking guy, especially in this film though. More so than other films normally. I, there's not much trivia about it, but one of them is that um, his personal trainer unsuccessfully sued him for not being included in the credits. Oh. Now, I, I read that and I kind of thought, oh, that's that's weird. Why would you be so gung-ho about being included in the credits? But now, just thinking about how chiselled Fraser really did look in it, I kind of I kind yeah. of get his point that, okay, I want the acknowledgement that I did that. Yeah, that I was responsible for that for that look, and anybody else, yeah, you know, can also have that if they pay me squillions of money. Squillions. Mm. I hope this isn't too much of a sidetrack, but compared to any Tarzan film I've seen, I and I know we have different views on this film, but I genuinely think this is the best one. This is quick, doesn't fuck around, funny. Not that Tarzan it has to be funny. It kind of fucks around. 
But it's an hour and a half is what I mean. You get the entire Tarzan story it's an in hour and 90 a half, minutes. It's an hour and a half and probably 50 minutes of it is story. The rest is just fluff or visual jokes or you know animal jokes or things like that. Yep. I was having a chat with my wife while watching it and I made the comment that she <laughs> blasted me for. I said, films that have animals in them and rely on the animals as uh, a, a critical part of the humour or cuteness or appeal or something are lazy. Yep. And not lazy in the sense that, that people don't put in the effort. I guess you have to train the animals. You, they're mm. there and you know you have to deal with them and such. It's lazy filmmaking because you just flip the camera on, let it roll for 10 minutes, throw a few squeaky toys around or whatever it is you do to get the animals excited and pick out the best five minutes of, of, of them making a face that you can you know, yeah, yeah. An, an, anthropomorphize. Lazy. Lazy. And what was her counter to that? The fact that that the monkey's voiced by John Cleese and you shut up? <laughs> well, that's not a monkey. That's not lazy because that's an, a, an actor yeah, in yeah. a suit with the voice over the top. It's scripted. It's, you know, propelling the story forward. Any of the any of the animal scenes, especially the CGI elephant, right? Yep. Funny on its own, but what does it do for the story? Nothing. Really not a lot. It's there for a quick gag. Yeah. Uh-huh. Move on. Yeah. Maybe you could you, you can argue it's there to um, show that Brendan Fraser is a oh, sorry, George is a is a friend of the animals and you know has a has a, has a good heart and things like that. But okay. You can show that in more interesting ways that propel the story forward, but at the same time it's a kids' film, which I don't think is an excuse for laziness, but so often it's yeah, used yeah. that way. Uh, yeah, and you kind of get away with it just because you, you you do have that excuse, which I think is bullshit. You raise a good point in saying that, I wonder if you were to cut out all the jokes in this film, how long you'd be left with. Oh, not, not jokes. The, the, some jokes are pretty good, like the like the poachers. Yeah, They, oh, have, they have some of the best lines <laughs> in there. Yeah. In them. But I do, I just mean like, I wonder if you were to cut out every, like, every side joke that wasn't there to progress the plot as yeah, well. Yeah, or just them dancing around yeah. or, you know, goofing around in the jungle and things. Yeah, I think there's less than an hour of story, you know. There's maybe, you know, two television episodes worth yeah. of story and, and the rest is just f- fluff. Uh, anyway, I, I, I had it in my laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the the narrator bit. I know it's kind of, kind of cliche now-ish because you see it in so many other things, but the idea of the narrator being an active part of the story and having those little interactions with the characters as it's like almost like a book being read, it was... I didn't expect that level of like meta humor from this. Yeah. And because I had to watch it today, looking back on a film that's what, 24 years old, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I was caught off guard by that. I didn't expect to have that sort of laughter. It was used sparingly enough that mm. by the time the animator, uh, the animator, the, the narrator came back with another joke, you had, you'd had enough time to sort of uh, get over the groans and, mm. and such. But, you know, good hearted groans because it's all cheesy jokes. I lost. Uh, like I, uh, you know, and they were, and <laughs> they saw the cliff, and they were, and they were In awe inspired. Ah, oh, no, I said awe, a w e. Fine, and that's my favourite one, and actually. that's <laughs> and that's spaced out enough that you kind of don't feel like you're being bombarded with these with these dad jokes. Yep, I loved it, which are fine, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you you need to give it space. Um, and it's a beer, but in terms of trivia, you were saying it's fairly light, is it? You know, not really much going on. Any film that doesn't gross, you know, stupendously, it's it's difficult to find trivia, and what of it there is is usually centered around the, the most interesting part of the show, which uh, this is uh, Brendan Fraser, 
Um, so the Mummy director, Stephen Summers, uh, considered uh, Fraser for O'Connell after seeing this film. Yeah. So, yeah, it must have been, you know, pre-production or maybe, you know, very close to, to starting pre-production. He was looking for talent uh, and saw, <laughs> saw Brendan Fraser and, yeah, he'd be pretty good, which I think was a terrific choice. Yeah. For the mummy, I don't think anybody else could have pulled it off as well as he does. He does really well. To have that mix of, um, what would you call it? That mix of seriousness and goofiness, but that don't that aren't detrimental to one another. You know, the 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 seriousness doesn't take away from the goofiness, and the goofiness doesn't make him any less um, uh, believable as a as a serious person. Who would you have cast? For the mummy? No, for um, George. And for the, George? Yeah. If, if you if you couldn't take Fraser, he does really well. Money seven. Role. Yeah. I think he's I think he's a terrific choice for it. But God, ninety seven. I can't even think of who was around. Even today, Matt, if you Matt remake LeBlanc, the film today, maybe. Yeah, he's, he, he's got that serious, goofy thing kind of down as well. Ninety seven. I mean, not to put him in the Jumanji hole, but Robin Williams wouldn't be terrible. And it's the kind of film as a as a George, ninety seven Robin. I mean, he pulled off um, Alan yeah. in, in Jumanji with that sort of jungle man, but he's more of a jungle man than a jungle boy. That George is, you have yeah. to. I, I think you'd have to have a younger actor, even though Robin Williams wasn't that old when he did. He was only in his thirties when Jumanji came around. Was Ben Fraser in George's Jungle Two? Is that someone else? Yeah, no, that's him. No, George's Jungle Two, two thousand and three. Pretty sure it's him. It's someone else. It's not him? It is. It looks close to him, though. Christopher Schauman. Oh. It's not him? No. But Thomas Hayden Church is back. And maybe. John Cleese is back. Oh, right. So, maybe, maybe yeah. because George of the Jungle ends with him with the, with the boy and then being a family. Maybe I'm just channeling that. Maybe, because there's George and George Jr. And not, none of them are him. But like John Cleese is back. Was Julie Benz? Was she Ursula in this one, or was that a different actress? I can't tell them apart. I'm gonna have to double check because I'm bad <laughs> with names. Um, where is she? Do, 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 do. Julie Benz. Julie Benz. No. So Leslie Mann was Ursula in this one. Right. So the two leads swapped, but a lot of the supporting cast was there, including Thomas Hayden Church. That's weird. Why Good on him. Is he it? never he never made it as a as a as as an A-lister. Fantastic actor and great in every role he he takes up. But I don't think he ever he ever got his shot. I to be fair, I do know him best as Sandman from the third okay, Spider Man yeah. film. But that's because that was around when I was growing up, I guess. I know him as Ned from Ned and Stacy. So I never even seen it. And I always that. think that. And then if somebody says I don't know that, I say, Oh, the the Brondo CEO from Idiocracy. Oh, okay, yep. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's my yep. next that's my next reference. <laughs> oh, it's like he was Lobster Johnson in the new Hellboy film I haven't seen. Yeah. Have you seen that one? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> Maybe one year we'll be forced to look at it right now. It's not that time. Uh and also the the, the writer of this one, Dana Olson, mm. believe it or not, he avoided going to Disney, pitching the script to Disney. Uh, because he figured his his Gorilla Boy script was so close to uh, George of the Jungle that um, Disney just wouldn't be interested in doing a Tarzan knockoff. Yeah. But everybody 
you know, rejected him or, or wasn't interested or wasn't the right time or whatever the case was. So he ended up going to Disney as a sort of last ditch uh, effort and they, they picked it up and, you know, sort of tweaked it slightly to make it, you know, George of the Jungle, yep. but used most of his Gorilla Boy script. Okay, interesting. Mm. So Gorilla Boy was the working title of this film, is that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gorilla Boy in quotation marks. I think that's what he called yeah. it. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, with a, with a title pending yeah, you know, yeah. production or whatever it was going to be. All right. Um, is that pretty much it for trivia? There's yeah. an, there there was a bit of trivia mm. that that w- said that the jungle set was made of mashed potato. What the f- now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean because if you think about it for even a second, if you're going to to make a set out of mashed potato to simulate dirt, surely dirt would be a better option than mashed potato because mashed potato is slippery, it's sticky. Yeah. That's surely you'd want to either go with dirt or some sort of polystyrene, you know, coloured stuff or, or whatever. Well, it just from, like a sanitary, from a sanitary point of view, like why would you want food stuff rather than dirt? Yeah. How often do you change? How many yeah. potatoes? are these? When they're mashing potatoes, are they adding butter and milk to them? No, no, I'm sure it's not, you know, I'm sure it's more like Play-Doh. Yeah. But even but even like Play-Doh, that stuff can be, you know, slippery in the right context. Let me have my fantasy that there is a poor, like, five-star <laughs> chef. With the actor in the gorilla suit, <laughs> yeah. you know, being voiced by John Cleese is just, you know, sneaking bits of the floor yeah. in between <laughs> takes. Yeah, oh, it takes so long dream. to get out of this suit to get a sandwich, I'll just well, I'll just mash my face with some potato. Which is they did this some poor chef in there, <laughs> chef there in Hollywood, thinks he's doing like catering for the thing, and he's just making vats and vats of mashed potato. <laughs> to be used as it's, jungle floor. Yes. And he's putting truffle oil That's in exactly. it. And <laughs> parmesan, yep. a little bit of rosemary, oh, you know, for the <laughs> So good. Well, just slop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get into the film then? There's not really much to go on. I don't want to no, be a short episode, but <laughs> I, I think we've talked about you know half of the interesting things already. Yeah. So it's a Tarzan story. That's you know honestly the best version I can give of it is it's it's Tarzan. He grows up. He's lost as a kid. Grows up in the jungle, raised by talking apes. You know, comes across a beautiful woman who through various means gets him back to New York which actually does that part happen in Tarzan it's not New York it's San Francisco oh sorry but does that part happen in Tarzan no he stays in the jungle doesn't he very specifically San Francisco with the Bay Bridge that isn't the Golden Gate Bridge why that I don't know it's San Francisco and they call it the Bay Bridge but it's not the Golden Gate Bridge interesting okay and they describe it as a rope bridge oh well because George is fascinated by it because it's the biggest rope bridge he's ever seen and that's why he goes climbing and then the parachutist is there because he needs to ride it is that the idea and somehow taking off the you know saving the parachutist and taking off his gear untangles the parachute as well and then george is you know riding a parachute we've skipped ahead quite (laughs) quite a lot that was that was probably my least my (laughs) my least enjoyed part of the film saving saving the parachutist all right so He's in the jungle. No, sorry. We'll go from the top. So, yeah, so, we'll go from the start. Thomas Hayden Church and his two thugs. No, Ursula is there just in the beginning. She's just exploring on her oh, own. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then her fiancé, uh, what's his name? I want to say Leslie. That's not right. Um, I'm on the page. Is it Leslie? No, Lyle. Lyle sounds right. Lyle. Oh, yeah. So 
Lyle Pendergast. No, Van der Groot. Oh, Van, Van der Groot. So let's, before we get into the, <laughs> before we get into the plot here, I'm going to just ignore something. So yes, hey, second take, you didn't post for like a month. What happened? Well, we're all very busy, but we actually, Andrew and I, to do this, watched this film five weeks ago, whatever it was, to do this review and next week's review. Everything was all sorted. I got sick the day before we were meant to review and we couldn't review. And we were going to do it the next weekend and then one of us was, it's just kind of a cluster. And here you we and are. your feeble body, Sib. Sorry. It's all because of you. So we watched this film and Blast in the Past almost a month of been a bit ago. No, I watched them just this morning. Did you watch them again? Yeah. Oh, course. really? Of course. Oh, well, I feel bad now. <laughs> I didn't even watch So unirritured. <laughs> and what's even better is both these films, or at least definitely this film's now, it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, under their star banner or something. Which is- A whole lot of films dropped, but not Blast from the Past. It did, wasn't there? I noticed when Starship Troopers are dropped. I'm like, you know how hard that was to find? Mm. And there it is. Mm. Good, lucky me. Um, also, I want you to know, I'm getting, a real, I'm getting us a bit of a treat for the exit song for this episode. So you're welcome. Lovely. Yeah. Um, oh, also, because we're not doing the variety hour, is anybody interested in seeing the Coming to America sequel? Ah, oh, we can. It's unwatchable rubbish. Don't, oh, don't well, bother. don't see it. Is that your review? No. Oh, okay. That's fine. I mean, I, I was going to say I can it's watch crap. it with you if you want to, but I don't no. want to see. That's no, crap. I didn't love the first one. It was, it was fine. It's fine. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. I oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, I can't imagine the one be any good ever. What do you watch it on? Is it on like streaming or you just found on, it? on Amazon? It was it was an Amazon. Well, not Amazon produced it. They they bought it. Yep. After whoever made it, and so it's under their label. Is that one of those ones that you have to pay for on Amazon, or you no, can just? It's available oh, if you have an Amazon subscription. It's it's yours. I do have that. Interesting. You should watch it just to see how unwatchable it is. But if you didn't really like the first one, I mean, I didn't then, hate the first one, but it was one of those long '90s comedies that just drags a bit. And how dare you, sir? You're like, how dare you? This is coming to America, the one where he's coming like, to the, America's in the '80s. Okay, it's even worse. I'm pretty. Oh, <laughs> it's so old. I'm no. pretty sure it's '88. Let I like. I just... do like older comedies. I just remember that one being long. Um, Seb, you're lame. So. Lamest, lamest lame we're, person we're in the whole of lame. We're talking about George of the Jangle. 88, coming to America. Oh, that's pretty much a 90s film. No. Pretty close. No. Yeah. 88. No. It's pretty close. I would argue I would argue that Uncle Buck, 92, I think it is. Um, I would argue that even that is an 80s film. Yep. Made in 1992. There's a, there's a lag between, you know, it's not like, you know, <laughs> December 31st, 1989 rolls around and then anything released after that is automatically a 90s film. Did you know I Coming to America right. is 0.1 higher of, of rating than The Mummy? That's a that's a national tragedy. International. Well, we should bring that to the States. Oh, oh John no, Landis directed it. Uncle Buck is 89. So it is an 80s film. What am I thinking? Am I thinking of Home Alone? That's that's a 90s film. I didn't realise John Landis did... Um, Home Alone is 1990. That was Chris Columbus, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. George of the Jungle. So if you've just recently watched it, please take the rain. Because <laughs> I was just going to say, Jungle Boy goes to city, has coffee. <laughs> it is... It's, the problem I have with, with this one, maybe I'm getting to the verdict early, is that... I don't know. The, the film doesn't follow one narrative. Like it's it's a sort of a fish out of water story, mm. but you know it's not that for the for the whole film. It only starts being that sort of halfway through, and then it doesn't really complete that arc because they end up back in the jungle anyway. 
right? It's yeah, it's just an, like the whole thing of him being in San Francisco. You could have developed that into a film on its own, but this one is just a mishmash of you know start off in the jungle, do half the film there, then off to the city and f- finish it off in in the jungle. Oh, sorry, I didn't catch before. In Tarzan, does he come to the city or does he stay in the jungle the entire time? I'm mixing up a live action version with the Disney version, and I can't remember either of them because they're both dull. I'm sorry, all I can think of is Hercules in New York. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. okay. I don't think I've ever seen any of the Tarzan uh, animated films. Um, I know he's a you know famous Disney brand, but uh, and before then he was public domain, right? Was he? Yeah, Tarzan? I think so. Who wrote Tarzan? Um, Tarzan who created that? is a fictional character, well, of course. Raised in African jungle, da, da, da. first appeared in the novel Tarzan of the Apes from in nineteen twelve. That's a whole time ago. Where? Yeah. Most of well, I mean, you the know. First World War hadn't even happened. Most of what Disney has is like their primary stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just public domain shit that they've copied, yeah. <laughs> taken over and copyrighted. Yeah. Um, but you know they're lovely. All hail, all hail Disney. Walt Disney knew how to make a buck. Yep. <laughs> Take something that's free <laughs> and then claim it as your own. Slap my own label on yep. it. <laughs> but surely they would own rights to the, their version of Tarzan. Like I, if Tarzan's public domain, I can make a Tarzan film as long as I'm not. Taking the Disney half of Tarzan, The right? trouble becomes with the inevitable lawsuit of distinguishing between you referencing the original Tarzan and Disney's Tarzan. Okay. Because if you're referencing things that are in the original, they can make the point, oh, well, you know, you saw that first with in, in ours and clearly it's just a rip-off of ours. But I haven't. Well, I mean, I, uh, may have. I don't know. I and the battle yeah. becomes about proving it and convincing... Yeah. You know the the judge and jury, or however those those things are settled. Can my uh, argument that be <laughs> that the Disney film's really dull and no one would actively copy it? <laughs> you could do that. I'm yeah. not sure that it win you well, <laughs> many, many friends. It's got a Phil Collins song in it, though. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> that that in the video game where you've got to slide down the trees like a skateboarder. Yeah. Copyright gets really messy. I mean, you know all the controversies where you know similar songs songs come out and and there are suits for. You know, oh, they copied me because it's so similar, and it's a bit of a bit of a coin toss as to whether you'll win or not. <sighs> Maybe I just won't make whether a whether it's film. legitimate or not. You know, it, there really isn't any sort of hard and fast rule to it. But that means they own Tarzan and the parody of Tarzan, George of the Jungle. <laughs> you don't get both. <laughs> well, George is its own property. George of the Jungle is its own property. Yes, it's. I would say it's transformative of the original yeah. concept, but it's Tarzan. He even dresses like Tarzan. Yeah. Like he still wears the loincloth and swings from the. He's Tarzan. There's no, no. He's got the long blonde hair. So, Nobody looks at this and thinks it's not Tarzan. So Ursula is off exploring. She's going to get married to Lyle very soon, and for some reason she's off in Africa instead of preparing for her, for her engagement party or whatever. Mm. I guess she's not really that into it in the first place, and she's surprised to see Lyle turn up in the jungle, who has come to take her back because, you know, he wants her to be at home. All the time. That's the sort of man she's hitching up with. He had some twists and turns, this film, where I thought he became a good guy at the very end. Oh, no. Um, well, he doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, the film kind of makes you think that that's what's going to happen. Because you think he's just going to marry them. Yep. Oh, I've been I've been working with the missionaries and yep. blah, blah, blah. Now nope. I can do a marriage. And nope. you're like, oh, he's going to marry them. I'm going to marry you. I'm like, nope. oh, God. And then still a bastard. Thanks, oh. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I was like, what a lovely, what a, everyone comes together wholesome in the end. Um, but no. 
Anyway, sorry. But no. So he's trying to get her out of the jungle. Um, she wants to stay because she's there to. I don't even know why she's there in the just to explore. She studies something. the apes. She's just like okay. Jane. Sure, just she, like Jane Goodall. That, but anyway, he he he. Jane Porter is the Jane from Tarzan and Jane. Right. Sorry, I was like, is that no? Right, right. But that's the same thing. She's there to study the okay. apes, and she finds the person. That's, okay, yeah. fine. Uh, so Lyle uh, just gets sick of waiting for her to to agree to to go already. And he's he's had enough of putting up with uh, her uh, her guides or whoever, who are great by the way, who are terrific. <laughs> Another great great part of the film, all the all the side cast, mm, uh, really well, really, really the side, well side characters. Um, he goes off and is convinced he can find the way back through the jungle on their own. Jane protests, but uh, Ursula protests, but uh, he says no, thank you. They're attacked by a lion. Lyle is knocked unconscious and George saves Ursula and takes her back to his hut. Lyle is knocked unconscious while trying to run away yeah. as well. Just a really painful well, he's a dickhead. He's running for help. Yeah. He says, I'll get help. Of course he's running away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yep, George saves her. And that's it. And they end up in San Francisco and the end of the film. Yep. Oh. <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's not fair. That's so the poachers are there joke. chasing the mysterious and legendary white ape. And I guess what ends up No, being- so, so it's, it's, after, it's after Ursula is kidnapped from Lyle's perspective by George that he concocts this, or, or, or sort of, sorry, uh, takes on the white ape legend and sort of says, oh, you know, rips his own shirt and says, oh, I was attacked by the white ape. The, the white ape, he was... 400 pounds and took, took Ursula. He calls in the poachers in order to track down the, the white ape and save Ursula. I swear the poachers were already there first with with him. No, Lyle, Lyle brings them in. I thought he brings them in when he first arrives though. And there's like this thing of like, they, they're like talking to the- um, That's right, because he says, uh, yeah, it's amazing who you can track with some with some experts. And there's a, yeah. there's a bit That's right, there. yes. But, it, but they do come in with Lyle. Yeah, and they yeah. come in and they're, they're all sitting around the campfire at this point. And the dumb one, Thor, accidentally hints at something and the other one shushes him like they're there for an ulterior reason. Yes. So I think they were already there for the white oh, ape. For the white ape. I think so. They were there because they obviously there were legends of George and that got you know, sent across as the white ape. So they were, they were after this albino ape that doesn't exist. And I suppose then, so. But when they see that it's just a guy, they're very keen to you know, then get Shep because you know he has ivory tusks. And also, so they're they there to poach ape. something. Well, then they meet ape, the talking monkey, and then and it, it becomes about getting the ape. Yeah. yeah, ape, ape is his name, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, John Cleese. Anyway, hey, if you, <laughs> if it pays, you know what Michael Caine said about Jaws, uh, whatever he was in, whichever one. He said, "I've never seen the film, and I don't, and I don't care to, but I look at the house that it paid for all the time." Yep, good for him. <laughs> all right, so in the jungle. Um, Ursula's family is very well to do. The mother is just like, yeah, you're not marrying this man. Go marry the the Lyle, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, your life will be perfect. I've got it planned out for you. Yep, typical fish out of water storyline. Things you've seen a thousand times before and a thousand times since. Cool, done. Funny, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, they go back to the jungle um, and that's when the poachers are trying to take a back prisoner because he can speak and it's just a bit of a rescue mission. Kind of fun. Well, not much happened. Honestly, not much happened. This film, if you cut out all the jokes and you were just left with plot, this film would be 40 minutes long. Lyle and the poachers and Ursula's uh, trackers 
all end up finding uh, George um, and Lyle in a misguided attempt to play the hero is accidentally handed a gun that he thinks is a lighter and he shoots George. And George actually gets shot. And, uh, yeah, actually shot by, by Lyle who didn't mean to shoot him because he didn't think he had a real gun mm. but he was trying to scare off George who was only running towards him to save him from something. No, the poachers were going to shoot Ape and George was running at them but Lyle was close to them. Yeah. And so he thought that George was charging him and so had, had intended to scare him with this gun lighter, not knowing that it's a real gun, shoots and actually shoots George where Ursula says, okay, I'll take you back to wherever because there are no hospitals in Africa, apparently. There's none. There's uh, none even close to Africa. She has to go all the way to San Francisco to get him the best medical care. Now, how many Not New York, not there? London. Africa. <laughs> to, was it San Francisco? To San Francisco. She's got to fly over at least 10 countries. What's the it's, worst? It's not even a specific point in Africa. It's just somewhere in Central Africa. What's worse is actually trying to do this bit where you show how far they traveled right now um, because it's like no flights available. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> no, you, this isn't helping my, my, sh- my bit is meant to be laughing at the fact there's no flights available. But the trackers identify Lyle as the person who shot George. So he's imprisoned. Do we know where in Africa they were? Somewhere in central, it's the country's not. Mentioned. You know what? Honestly, depending on where they were, I guess the problem is San Francisco's on completely the other side of the American continent, a different ocean. Because um, as you go, if you were in like the it's western so, side not, of Africa, not Cairo, not Johannesburg. Uh, oh, if you didn't want to go up to Europe, <laughs> if you were in Africa and you wanted to go uh, avoid Europe and avoid Latin America, America's, uh, the uh, the USA itself is not stupidly out of the way if you if for some reason had to avoid Europe and South America. <laughs> but why would you have to avoid Europe and South America? Correct. But let's say you, just like you wanted to. The fact that they have to, they fly from completely over to America and then completely over the entire country of the United States to get to San Francisco on the opposite side, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's dedication to, mm-hmm. we didn't want to go to New York. Or, yep, New York would have been an actual good one. Um, and then they're not on some, you know... Cuba's on the way. Cuba's on the way. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> skip Cuba. <laughs> but, um, no, no. But like, oh, no, if you follow Michael Moore, they have excellent health care in Cuba. Do they actually? I have not. I don't know. Oh, of course not. Who knows? But it's just the fact that they, they would have to fly... Wow, the entire distance. And they're not even in a proper jetliner. It looks like some shitty cargo plane from the 30s. Something out of Indiana Jones. I want the record right. I'm assuming that they're on an actual like seafaring side of Africa <laughs> that's closest to them. This is the best case scenario. They have to fly over the entire United States, excluding the fact that they might potentially have to fly over the entire continent of Africa together as well. Maybe. But Lyle is imprisoned, never to be heard from again. Uh, the poachers are deported, although deportation in this fictitious African country consists of letting them out of jail and then, okay, you can go out of the country yeah, now. Sure. <laughs> so they go straight back to poaching. Well, <laughs> which they, is how they come across. They they actually do uh, hunt down ape and yeah, and and get him while George is off, you know, frolicking in in the states. So we get a nice uh, clothes montage. Yep. Of, of, of him first wearing a dress, 
a, a nice lady sundress because that's all Ursula, that's all the clothing she has mm. because her and Lyle don't live together, of course. Uh, Why would they? He's a dickhead. Yeah. Well, and they're, and they're not married yet. That too. Mm. And uh, then they dress George up in Armani and he looks pretty damn good. George looks very good in this film. He does. I keep saying <laughs> this, but he looks really, he's an incredible he's a, shape. Good looking guy. Um, if there's anyone that's like- He discovers res- coffee? Amazingly, he lives in Africa, but he's discovering coffee in San yep. Francisco. Oh God. I was gonna say, if there's any like wrestling fans listening, the best way to describe George of the Jungle's physique is he's like the height in a similar build to Matt Riddle, but obviously he's Jungle Boy's aesthetic. That's the mix between the two. If you just kind of jam those together, you get what Brendan Fraser looks like in this film, which is like some sort of fucking God. <laughs> I was introduced to this term by Michael Malice very recently. And I don't know if the film ever focused on it long enough to identify whether Brendan Fraser had them. But does he have cum gutters? Oh, Is his physique that chiseled that, he, that he's got them? I'm glad we're having this chat. Let me look up pictures of him. And, we'll and I just love that term, cum gutters. <laughs> I'd never heard that before. And my wife is a personal trainer. I'd just never been exposed to the So to the she term would before. be aware of it then, I'm right? sure she would know, but... It, I'm looking up shirtless <laughs> pictures of him from this film specifically to, to work it out. He had some pretty decent abs going on. I know, I want to go he was on. always oiled. Yes. Whenever, whenever he was shirtless, he was always oiled and very, you know, I guess, to give the effect of sweating and being energetic. Oh, no, I found a George of the Jungle, like, Tumblr page. <laughs> oh, Good no. luck, Seb. Oh, no. Um, TBD. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it's very chiseled. They go around San Francisco being, I don't know, Ursula's there trying to convince her parents that Lyle isn't the guy for her. Um, and also, she's the only one that knows he's been imprisoned in Africa. Yeah. Uh, and she's reluctant to tell anybody. Like, that's not the first thing you you say. Her mother, specifically, is so wrapped up in this engagement party and the status of the whole thing, uh, she gets very angry at her for, for suggesting that she might not want to, you know, marry somebody who has been arrested for murder, attempted murder in Africa. Uh, that doesn't count. Of course not. Only, <laughs> it only counts if it's in a real country. That, that, that's what this, oh, this lady's pretty much like. Oh, God, her mum's, her mum's the worst and her dad's, he seems quite lovely. Oh, they, they always do that. The, the dad that just doesn't get a single word in. Well, come on. If he's if he's really a good guy, he wouldn't have gone along with this oh, thing yeah. the whole time. He would have just said, shut your face. She can do what she likes. I'm not going to to, to be a part of this. Yeah. But no, he his redemption is at the end. He goes, oh, let her you know marry whoever she wants and just yep. be quiet. He's a very, <laughs> very side character. I'll put it that way. He, just, he exists, but he actually doesn't need to be in any scene ever. Oh, sorry. It's 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 the two of them arguing, daughter and and mother, and occasionally the father steps in and goes, "Well, maybe she's got a point." And no, yep. shut <laughs> shut up, dad slash husband. You could remove the, the father's entire like character yeah. from this movie and replace it with at the end if the mother goes to object, and rather than the dad saying, "Oh, let her have fun," she just gets hit in the face with a pie, <laughs> and you get the same you get the same exact arc of her getting told to shut up. It just comes from an off-screen pie. It's no, the same it's, story. It's it's got to be an animal that uh, you know, a monkey or someone that threw the pie. Yeah, or, that's it. But the, the, literally, you can replace <laughs> this entire character with the pie and a pie and a monkey. Done. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And that way, you don't feel like the monkey wasn't written right, <laughs> wasn't written strong enough. 
So George gets you know a, a bit of a fan base in San Francisco. He's, he's a hero. He saves a trapped parachutist who is bad at parachuting and gets tangled up in yeah. the Bay Bridge. Not the Golden Gate Bridge, the Bay Bridge. Because it needs to be held by ropes. Right? Absolutely. And they get a fire truck out there, but the ladder's not big enough. Oh, no. They said they never planned for this to happen. Yeah. So thank God George had already climbed the ladder. The, the, the bridge. I suppose the alternative was they would have had to helicopter someone down to get the guy, wouldn't they? Like, how would they actually done that if someone was stuck? They would have had to helicopter and have someone like come down and No, they probably have somebody climb up. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe just have two more guys parachute in. <laughs> just, oh no, send in more parachuting. Good. Yeah, it'll be fine. That's like, oh no, I got oh. some spaghetti on the wall. Better yeah. throw more spaghetti yeah, on the yeah, wall. exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I better get that meatball to lodge that spaghetti off the wall. Eventually there'll be so much spaghetti on there that it will dislodge the original spaghetti and you, you don't have a problem. Success, I've completed yeah. my one objective. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, look, there, there isn't much to say about the film because it kind of it kind of is very, very you know childish humor. Like the jokes are very, very you know base level jokes. Yeah, there's not a lot of sophistication to it. That's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just not really enjoyable for an adult audience. And I I, know, I would argue it's not even that enjoyable for for kids necessarily. I did laugh a bit, but I went in there are not funny thinking moments. I would. Yeah. So I was caught off guard, but. I know. Do you want to get to verdicts? Is that probably the best thing to do? Yeah, let's just do that. You've heard the good, you've heard the bad, a lot of opinions, a couple facts, it's verdict time. I will recommend this film. It's 90 minutes. I, I laughed. It's not intelligent, although some of the jokes of the narrator are actually quite a bit clever. Not like super clever, like you feel like a fucking genius when you get them, but they're, they're, they're fun. Um, but also, it's weird to say for a 90 minute film, it could have been shorter because nothing really does happen. Yeah. But hey, it's it's popcorn. That's what it is. If you want to if you want to watch a comedy and have a chuckle and then have a bit of a think about it, go watch Negger Wright film. Great. They exist. I love them. Can't recommend them enough. But if you want to put something on for 90 minutes, have a bit of a chuckle, look up every now and then and know exactly what's going on even if you were playing on your bloody your Game Boy at the same time. God, that's a data reference, but you know what I mean? If you want something that you can be in and out of and still never miss a beat, this is one of those films. Like you'll never be behind it. It'll never, you'll never be shocked. You'll never be surprised. You'll never miss a plot point. It's that. Is that mean it's a waste of cinema? Yeah, kinda, but it was funny. So sure. Clearly not a waste because you know, people paid for it. People paid enough, for a lot of it, Enough yeah. people paid for it that they made a couple of more films. People were the, dumb in the nineties though. No. <clears throat> people spend money for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. And they spent money on this and it was, and it was incredibly popular for, for what it was. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it like yeah it is it is fine it does have a few fine jokes in there um it's not you know in the in the best half of of, of disney i don't think mm. as far as their properties it, i would i would put this film in the in the bottom half of of disney uh, uh products or whatever whatever you want to call them mm. uh not that it's not entertaining just that it's not for me it's not for me. If you want a good animated Disney film from around the same time, Aladdin. Watch Aladdin. Oh, yeah, Aladdin's... No yeah. one's here to debate that Aladdin's not a better no, film. No, no, yeah. And just, just to compare the two... Um, oh, no, what's another live-action Disney from around the same time? Because um, comparing it to an animated film isn't fair, even though George of the Jungle is based on an animated series. Um, I can't even think of another Disney property from around that time that was live-action. No, me either. They were. They loved their cartoons. Oh, I can do a bit of a search if you want. No, no, no. That's all right. Watch Aladdin. 
<laughs> I'm just searching live action Disney films and seeing what comes up. Oh God, they're all the terrible ones. They're all the terrible new ones. Um, no, I said live action. Why is it showing me Aladdin, the cartoon? Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, Jungle to Jungle. Remember that with um, uh, Tim Allen? Yes. I haven't seen it, but I know the one. Right? Where he's a hotshot business guy. Uh, he has a son that he doesn't know about who grew up in the jungle, in a jungle tribe. And as a part of... Uh, oh, 101 his, Dimensions. His animated? Live action? Live action? Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. But Jungle to Jungle, specifically because yeah. it's jungle related. That's another, you know, he goes to the jungle... Um, to to meet his meet his son, um, and as a way of getting them to bond, uh, the mother convinces him to take the take the son back to the to the city with him. And there's all sorts of these misconceptions about what the what's what what's going on in the city and all the new things and ooh the iron wagon and things like that. And yeah, yeah, they 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 cars, mate. Okay. Yeah. Much one. more entertaining than, than this. But this is based on an animated series, so every live action that's based on an animated series you know, ends up falling into the trap where you've got s- certain jokes that can only really be made in an animated world. Yeah. Like you can't do a live action Roadrunner. Yep. It, okay. just, it just wouldn't be the same, and I, I think you'd really struggle to make it funny. Yeah. It might be a nice project, but it just wouldn't be the same property. Well, okay, 1996, there was a live-action 101 Dalmatians, Glenn Close as Quilla Deville, written by Wheelie John Hughes. Oh. Um, I remember it existing. I have no memories of seeing it, though. So that might be a good comparison because they're both Disney live-action films and they're both a year apart. Sure. So a bit more... But yours is also much more close in terms of yeah. the subject matter. Look, it's it's fine. I think you're absolutely right. You're not going to hate yourself for watching it. Mm but you're not going to look back on it and go, oh, that was 90 minutes well spent. No, it's, well, a, it's a good throwaway film. As much as I liked it, I didn't once reconsider re-watching it for this review again. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's that. So next week, we're back with Blast from the Past. Terrific. Which has a bit more meat to it, I'd say. It's good. Um, yeah, very entertaining film, but we'll, we'll get more into that then. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Let's do socials and we'll get out of here, I reckon. Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Second Take Podcast Media Review. Um, yeah, and you can tweet me at Bash underscore James and Jordan when he's here at Jordan MSPP. Um, and we've got a website, secondtakepodcast.com and a Patreon, second take po- sorry, patreon.com slash Second Take. I know this in a while. I think I forgot one. Oh, email us. Second Take Podcast at gmail.com. There we go. Are you excited for the for the the special outro song that I picked? Yes. Now I had to get it during the episode and couldn't proof hear it. So I hope it's correct. But we'll catch you next week for Blast from the Past.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.